This podcast tells the stories behind the craft breweries across the country. I'm Erica. Matt. And sound guy Ryan. And you're listening to an episode of Brewers. All right. Welcome back, everyone. You guys are listening to yet another quarantine edition of Brew Roots. We have been recording the last six to seven episodes, socially distanced from each other. Um, but thanks to our friends at Squadcast, we've been able to see each other and hear each other and hopefully give you guys a product we're proud of sound-wise. Yes. What's up, everybody? What's up? Yo, what's up? The best part about this is I just caught Erica mid mid-yawn. Yeah, yeah, I definitely was mid on. And you wouldn't even have <laughs> known if I didn't call her out. But it's all right. Uh, what have you guys been up to? Are you guys still staying busy? I know finals is wrapping up for you, Ryan. Yes. Uh, today is going to be my last day. So. Do-do-do. Hell Holy yeah. cow. And th- what does that make you in finals year, Ryan? Is that your I have, second to last? Or? My, I have one more year, yeah. One more year. One but your finals year. are done now for this year? Yes. Woohoo! How exciting! And how did you choose to celebrate? What did you celebrate with? Um, a whole bunch of uh, shilling beer, actually. Really? Um, yeah, I picked up uh, the Dorse uh, Pilsner, which is really, really solid. I love this. Did you get that around here? Um, yeah. I, well, I got it at the um, the city in Seabrook, New Hampshire. Cool, cool, cool. cool. Um, they usually have a pretty uh, good selection between their shilling label, and the resilience label. Uh, but today I saw a couple, two new things. One was that, and then the other was um, their spring saison, um, which was really, really, really good. Um, I had that with dinner. Um, nice. Yeah. It's hard so, to go wrong with spring, with um, no shilling. Yeah. Other than that, I think I picked up uh, a four-pack of a double IPA from uh, Henniker. Um, as well as a double IPA from uh, Wormtown. Nice. Is that the which one is that? That's the it's the the crazy looking one. one the, with a like, skull. On skull. It. The one with the skull. <laughs> yeah. Be angry. No, it's not be angry. I don't know what it's called. <laughs> yeah. No. It it's cool. really good though. Um, that was actually the first beer that I had today. Um, I kind of just wanted something a little stronger than what I've been drinking. You know. I was missing those thick hops. Ryan, you got those. <laughs> mo- you have a Mott the Lesser. That's a strong beer. It is a strong beer, but it's just I'm not the time. It. It's just not the time. Erica, what have you been drinking? Um, so I finished off my Notch beer, their uh, anniversary beer, which was super solid. If you didn't get it, you should get it. Um, Rumor has it they might be brewing it all year long. <sighs> and the what? only way I say rumor is someone who works there's personal insta facebook may have alluded to it so dun, dun, dun. i don't know if that's true but that's just rumor okay stay tuned i'll um, be really excited <laughs> yeah no because it was really good <laughs> me too and like i just hope to have it on draft there for like a celebration hopefully during the summer that's like Please. that's what i'm hoping for that'd be great yes yeah um, and then I went to Lamplighter and got some stuff from them yesterday. So I got their cuppa. I think it's like a English ale with um, their cold brew coffee. Really interesting. I haven't tried it yet, but I'm excited to try. One of the um, oh, key, sorry. What? Go ahead. What no, I was gonna say one of the weird things is I went to Lamplighter a couple of weeks ago, and it was the first time. I think we were just discussing this off air. 
It was like the first time I was able to go into their tap room and not be shoulder to shoulder with somebody. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, and then I don't remember even what else I got, but I got a few other things. So excited to try those tonight. Cool. I've been drinking um, a lot of Springdale. I got a suggestion from one of my f- former radio friends to uh, retry their, um, their Lavinade. Which is uh, used used to be just a tap room exclusive. So if you went to their tap room, you could only get it there. Yeah, um, so you got it locally. I got it lo- Well, I got it. Oh. I got it Whole Foods um, because just well, driving out to f- yeah, driving out to here f- though, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sweet, sweet. Um, driving out to Framingham just wasn't in the cards for me <laughs> right now. Um, so it was awesome to have that, and I, and their beer has been. I always thought their beer was solid, but especially after they kind of did that like weird rebrand. I don't. I don't want to say weird, but um, they did their new rebrand of everything. Um, I've really been digging their beers. I mean, that Pearly Wit is like such a good beer. Such like, a good, yeah, it's definitely my f- favorites. And like even their Springdale IPA is pretty solid. Brig Mocha Stout, I'm into. Um, so it's it's a good beer. I, that Pearly Wit, I was like. Looking for that, that was the beer I wanted to eat, drink, and I got lavenade, and it was really good. And Didn't disappoint. Yeah, and just for being someone who's not super into tart ales, um, like it was solid. It was solid. And I'll have to keep my eyes open for it. Noted. Yeah, and it was definitely a beer I even like my girlfriend likes. So if any listeners out there have someone in their life that's not like a beer drinker, this is a good, solid beer for someone to enjoy um it was perfect last weekend when it was like 70 degrees out so oh i bet yeah and that in remnant nice. if you guys didn't know i'm i was a model on remnant's instagram <laughs> 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 so follow remnant great. so you can see me i aptly commented i hate this so much so <laughs> i got a couple people texting me hey i saw you shirtless on instagram and <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> and, yeah you asked for it our yeah. friend mike anastasi yeah. made it his background on his phone oh yeah he did so That's hot. thanks, Mike. My <laughs> girlfriend didn't even make it. <laughs> My friend Mike did. <laughs> That's how it That's is, great. though. That's how great. it is. Um, other than that, I I've been making a, a point to go to a different uh, craft beer um, brewery every weekend, if possible, or, or once a week, just to support them. So this weekend, I'm going to try to make my way out to either Gentilly, um, Channel Marker, or East Regiment. One of those nice. three. Um, nice. Channel Marker might be the hardest one. I don't know if they're doing Kansas Week, but I, I want to support um, Paul at Gentilly or, or yeah. the crew over at East Regiment if I can, um, because they they're doing some great things and and yeah, I like those guys. Do you guys have any plans to stop at any breweries this weekend? Nothing in the plans, but I mean, it could happen. Like I said, I just went to Lamplighter yesterday, so we'll see where my stockpile's at for the weekend. <laughs> nice. Yeah, we'll have to see, you know, where I'm at. But I, I wanted to actually, I was talking to my girlfriend about trying to make like a Salem-Beverly trip um, soon to grab some uh, beers over there. Cause... Ryan, we should take a trip, but socially distance. Yes. So like at least we see each other from a distance. Yes. Like I can wave to you and you can wave to me. <laughs> I'd like that. <laughs> <laughs> All um, right. Yeah. So Cool. I already want us to tell our listeners what the last episode is. So what's the episode this week? Oh, yeah. This Shut week. 
Shovel Town. Yes, we're doing Shovel Town. We talked to Frank, Will, Wyatt, and... Special guest. Special guest and the guest that's been in the most episodes. (laughs) Andy Uh, from Castle Island. Yeah. So Shovel Town's in uh, northeastern Massachusetts. Yes. Um, Do you guys know what they're doing right now for pickup or anything? Um, I have not taken a look. Um, I'm assuming they're doing curbside like everyone else. So yeah. what they are doing, they are doing curbside pickup for cans okay. and cool. wood fire pizza. So awesome. they've been doing some of that stuff. Um, I was just looking on their Facebook. So, yep, it looks like a lot of uh, curbside pickup. Um, so they they usually do Fridays 3 to 6 and Saturdays 12 to 6. Mm-hmm. Um, they do cool. pizzas on Saturdays, it looks like. So. Mm-hmm. I, I wasn't awesome. at this interview, but do they have a... They their must food's have a, really good, yeah, so I would yeah. highly recommend to go grab their pizza yep. if you don't feel like cooking, which I certainly don't right now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they also had their tater tots with their beer cheese. Yeah, that exactly. You can't get them now, I guess, good. but when it's oh back God. open, yep. highly recommend. So it looks like the best resource to kind of find out when they're open is their Facebook. So facebook.com yep. shovel, uh, forward slash Shoveltown Brewery. Um, I'm sure their Instagram will link you to a lot of the same information as well. In fact, I'm going to their Instagram, and yep, they are. Um, they also have their Pink Boots beer cool, out yeah. right now, so Ooh, cool. make sure to grab that. What is their Pink Boots beer? You know, the interface for Instagram is awful on the computer, so I don't True. know. Um, True. But I know that they're selling a Pink Boots beer. It's clearly a Pink Boots beer Go because they it. have the Pink Boots on the can. Nice. So. Yeah, I know in the episode it was mentioned that they didn't get the hop blend um, because he wasn't able to get in time. So he did something completely different. Um, so, oh, But that's, that's right. in the episode. Yeah, I remember that. But right. it sounds really good. So I'm sure it's wonderful. There. Yeah. yeah. Um, super fabulous. Super fab. Um, I'm trying to see it, if I could tell you what it is. Um, Big Bruin Boots New England IPA. So yeah. Oh okay. Yeah, cool. It's their Pink Boots one. Cool can. They have really cool can art as well. I have to say. Nice. Yeah. Um, yeah their space makes... is cool. Like it's a great space to go and chill and just it get was. some good food, good beer. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, um, and their their new their new brew house looked great too. Yeah, and you know what I'm pretty excited for is they mention it in the episode, but they are going to also be in Foxborough coming up pretty Hell soon. Yeah. Ooh, uh, uh, whereabouts again? Uh, they're going to be opening up uh, in, in an old fire, firehouse. Old firehouse. Yep. Yeah. That's yeah. Right. That's right. Very yep. cool. Kind of yes. like East Regiment in a way. They're in an old firehouse. They are. <laughs> they are. That's like a old 1700 firehouse as opposed yes. to like one Long. from the 1920s. But yeah, yeah. Close. Okay, yes. fine. Close. It's close. <laughs> um. So I think we alluded to it last week. We are doing a collaboration with the Mass Brew Bros. Um, actually, it's not really even a collaboration. It's more of a partnership. So we're going to be sharing a lot more of their stuff um, and hopefully um, collaborating with them more on some interviews upcoming. So we yeah. got record numbers this week with our industry uh, session or a roundtable session with um, all of these awesome breweries we had Maureen, we had White Lion, we had True North, and, and Wandering Soul, all of those awesome breweries. So it was great. And if you haven't listened to it, um, before you listen to this episode, uh, give that one a listen because it gives you a good um, state of what's kind of going on in Massachusetts. Um, and as we kind of, you know, proof this in the, inner, in the uh, intro of our episode, it's it just because these breweries are giving an, a good 
view of what's going on that doesn't particularly reference all of the breweries that are in Massachusetts. So just keep that in mind because obviously we want to be sensitive to every situation that's going on. This is going to be a good interview. I feel it. Like I listened to it before. Uh, it was fun because I was a whole there. lot of fun. <laughs> and it's, it's a great way to just distract yourself from everything that's going on yeah. right now. And has fucking Andy. <laughs> fucking Andy. Exactly. What else do you want? Yeah. <laughs> a whole um, bunch of one liners. It was great. Yeah. So uh, before we get to that episode, we have some awesome words from our sponsors. Um, if you are interested in becoming a sponsor of the Brew Roots podcast, uh, we would love to talk to you. So make sure to email us at info at brewroots.com. Um, it doesn't even need to necessarily be a monetary amount. We just want to talk to you and see what you guys have in mind. And maybe we can work with you uh, to figure something out. Yes. Exactly. Egg. Zach Lee. So before we do so, here's a word from our sponsors. Cheers. 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 Hey, Sound Guy Ryan here. Didn't know if you heard, but we're a part of the Hopped Up Network. There you'll find other informative podcasts about beer. So go ahead, follow them on social media, and visit them on their website, hoppedupnetwork.com, to learn more about the people, beer, and breweries from around the country. And until next time, thanks for listening. Cheers. This week's episode would not be possible without our amazing sponsor, Shirts on Tap. Each month, they team up with breweries from across the country and create a custom shirt and deliver it to your doorstep, along with stickers and coupons. Sign up today using the promo code BREWROOTS for $5 off your first box. Head on over to shirtsontap.com today. And remember, drink better beer, wear better shirts. You looking to get into a new hobby? Oh, yeah. Sure thing. Well, Erica, where can we do that? Go down to Beer and Wine Hobby. Ooh. And what can we get there? Everything you need to start your homebrew journey. And we'll help you along that journey by using our promo code BREWROOTS to get 10% off your next order. Visit beer-wine.com to start your homebrew journey today. All right. Welcome again. We are here in, where are we? Easton? East and Northeast? Northeastern. I was so close. You're close. Second half. It's pretty yeah. good. <laughs> We're at Shoveltown and this is great. So it's our third or fourth brewery in this area, kind of. So we're expanding. Yes. Maybe. Third. Third. Yeah, we'll go with that. We'll go with that. Um Yeah. And so if you guys just let me know what your role here is, your name, and then your first memory of beer. Okay, you're looking at me. So sure. Okay. Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> I'm Wyatt. I'm the head cellarman and quality manager here. So my main job is to make sure that nasty beer does not make it to customers and also just make sure the beer doesn't get nasty in the first place. Uh, so I handle all the uh, fermentation, you know, all the yeast, managing the temperatures, transferring, carbonating beer. That's what I do. Cool. And uh, first memory of beer? Yeah. Um, so Will and I have actually been drinking beer since we were four or five. Solid. We were, Good. So <laughs> Jealous. Well, there's, there's a caveat to that. Yeah. yeah. A little bit. So our dad thought that non-alcoholic beer is a healthier alternative to soda. Okay. Which is true. I mean, there's a lot yeah. of sugar. Yeah. So, you know, we grew up drinking O'Doul's and Sharps and 
the Molson non-alcoholic was my favorite. <laughs> that I was great. Yeah. That's actually the first time I think I've heard that. That's how story. I'm going to raise my yeah. kids whenever yeah. I have them. Hell yeah. Right? <laughs> right? Yes, yeah, so we, we got to taste it at an early age, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Uh, hi, I'm Frank Galtieri. I'm the co-owner of Shoveltown Brewery, and uh, I do, I don't know, a lot of things <laughs> and not a lot of things also. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I'm really uh, uh, thankful and, and uh, happy to have Will and Wyatt as the, the guys in the brew house because they really do a good job for us and make some great beer and ensure that good beer gets to our customers. So, uh, yeah. And my first memory of beer is I grew up with some uh, a family, a uh, German family that were in my neighborhood, and they constantly had access to beer. They were drinking beer early on. And it wasn't, you know, a thing like they weren't drinking it necessarily to get drunk, although <laughs> that did happen on occasion. Um, so uh, at, a, at an early age, I, I had, uh, you know, around 16, I, I had started drinking beer and tasting different beers. I had an extensive beer can collection, which I still wish I had today. Oh, Some really good good yeah. stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Very cool. I, I love can collections. I yeah. stayed up at a place in Stowe, and it was just cans from forever ago. Like, almost, like I think there was a couple like pre-prohibition cans in there. Really? Yeah. Very it was cool. crazy. And it's just cool to see that. Yeah. We used to open them from the bottom with a screwdriver and drink <laughs> until they'd be st- still intact on top. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, my name is Will Hope, brother of Wyatt, who you just heard from. Uh, I'm the head brewer and operations manager at Shoveltown Brewery. Uh, I've been with the company since the day one. Uh, opening right. opening weekend, I started up three years ago now. I uh, started as a bartender. Uh, I was finishing up my last semester at college. And I'm also born and raised in Easton, so it was very close to my hometown, because it was my hometown. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I started working here. Uh, I, had, I was familiar with homebrewing. I had been homebrewing since actually senior year in high school. Uh, so I had some experience with that and worked my way in the brew house and just kept, uh, kept working until I started running the whole thing. And that's, that's my story with that. Uh, first memory that. of beer, unfortunately, is the same as my brother because we both uh, started drinking non-alcoholic beer earlier on. But I'll, I guess I'll take a memory of real beer, which would probably be... Uh, about sophomore year in high school, you know, getting exposed to it in that area. But the first time, you know, I guess, well, first craft beer memory uh, would be Sierra Nevada Pale Ale at a fire. And that was my first time trying a beer that had hop flavor where that was actually important and showcased correctly. Uh, So I was just amazed by the flavor of hops. And, you know, starting with that, which is true for many people, the Sierra Nevada Pale Ale is you know, pretty well known as being people's first introduction. So that was my first take on it and fell in love with it and been <laughs> drinking ever since. So, Very good. yeah, that's, that's me. Little <laughs> in a nutshell. So cool. where did uh, Shovel Town's name come from? And like, what are you guys all about here? Sure. Um, so Easton is famous for manufacturing shovels back in the Industrial Revolution, even before then. And um, a lot of historical aspects around shovel manufacturing really shaped the town. So um, it was pretty you know, easy for us to come up with the name Shovel Town because you know, everyone knew uh, 
Easton for for the being famous for shovels, actually. And the shovels were used to, for things like digging the Transcontinental Railway and uh, all kinds of construction, early on construction projects used uh, the AIM shovel. And they were manufactured, in fact, some of them right here in this building, in the building we're in, but in the other buildings that you see that are just outside here. Um, the YMCA, and then they converted some buildings in, uh, into condos. And those are the or original shovel manufacturing buildings. That's nice. wild. Yeah. Nice. So then going off of that, you know, what was your original plan? I mean, did you guys all plan to be in the beer industry, or was this just kind of like happened? <laughs> well, you know, when I was homebrewing, I think anyone who homebrews has an idea, a notion that they could do it. Uh, you know, since I started earlier on, I was not really thinking about my careers at that point. You know, I was 18, yeah. and it is legal to homebrew at 18. You just can't drink it. That's right. <laughs> I ne never had a drop. I saved all those exactly. bottles. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I let them all age for three years in the cellar. It's beautiful. As you should. Uh, so, yeah. the um, Yeah, didn't think it would ever be this, you know, turning into a career, yeah. I would consider it at this point. Yeah. Uh, a life choice to, to go into this industry, but uh, happy I did, and it's definitely different than you know I thought Anything it maybe else? would have been back <laughs> back when I was homebrewing. It's there's a lot more into it, a lot more business, a lot more looking at markets and all that. But it is a interesting field, which is just always changing, and we're all learning together. So yeah, definitely definitely a good field. I never thought this is what I was going to do. You didn't just uh, follow your brother into the industry? <laughs> <laughs> well, I did. Okay. But, um, <laughs> so I started here two years ago, uh, oh. a year after we were open. Yep. Um, I, had, I moved to California after college. I uh, spent a year and a half over there. decided to move back home. Um, when I moved back home, there's a brewery here. My brother was working here. Um, so I, you know, I thought I was just going to work here part-time for you know, a cash, couple months whatever. or something while yep. I figured out what I really want to do. And it turns out what I really want to do is make beer. Awesome. What was your original plan, though? Uh, I didn't really have one. Mm -hmm. um, cool. I went to a liberal arts college. I studied the classics, learned mm -hmm. how to translate ancient Greek and stuff like that. Um, nice. Never really knew what I wanted to do for work. But, you know, I found out here. This works. What about you? What did you <laughs> go to for college? I majored in psychology. Mm -hmm. Cool. Which I directly applied uh, to my bartending sure. sk uh, skills, which was <laughs> my first <laughs> occupation here. So that came in handy there, uh, and that's been about it. Uh, nice. So, yeah, I finished up uh, at Bridgewater State awesome. with a psychology degree. Cool. Awesome. So and there drink. we are. Um, so I have a, I had an undergrad in um, electrical engineering, and then translates um, kind of. Yeah, yeah, and then. Uh, I work for a Fortune 500 company, and uh, through them, I, I got my master's in business administration. And I had always wanted to open my own business. It was That was just something that I wanted to do. I thought about different businesses that I potentially could open. And, um, and then one day, uh, my next-door neighbor, Jim, asked me to brew a batch of beer with him. And I, um, so I did, and then I just kind of got the fever from there. And I'm... I'm inter interested in manufacturing processes, that's what I do, and also um, in equipment associated with that. So I built my first brew system, um, which is, we still use it today, it's our pilot system right now, basically made out of three kegs and, and then had an electric controller. But a lot of home brewers are brewing outside, I was able to brew in my basement to 
eliminate some of the variables there. And it was fairly automated and, you know, worked pretty well. And um, <clears throat> we, so as the craft beer, um, I guess, phenomenon started to take hold, we were part of this children's museum was having a fundraiser they called Night at the Bruseum. And Jim and I brought um, a couple of our beers there. And they really, people really liked them. And so we, after that, we thought, hey, maybe we've got something here. We really could potentially do something with it. At first, we thought that we were going to do it all. We were going to just brew batch, brew some beer on Saturday <laughs> and Sundays, <laughs> and then yeah, and then sell it. And it was just going to be a small yeah. operation. But quickly, we learned that that wasn't going to happen. And yeah. we brought a, uh, brewers on, you know, and Jim and I kind of gravitated toward the business side of it. And he has been around for three years now. Is that correct? Yeah. Yep. Just over three. Very cool. Very cool. Um, so, what are you brewing on now? What size? Uh, so we're in a five-barrel system right now. Okay. Cool. Uh, we started as a two-barrel, so we already made one jump about a year <laughs> in from two to five. Yep. And we are currently in the process of scaling up to a fifteen. Yeah, which, uh, which is, is where what we you're surrounded by now. right now. So. Very cool. So, obviously, just the jump to make more beer. Things are going well. Yeah, yeah, things are great. I mean, the demand was certainly surpassing our supply. Cool. Uh, so that it's was a good a, thing. Yeah, it is a good thing. <laughs> uh, we ended up hooking up with a local uh, distributor uh, to kind of take our beer places we couldn't bring it, um, notably our flagship, which is uh, Flyaway, a New England IPA. Okay. So that's been great. They're a very small distributor. You know, we're not, you know, going, going nuts with it, but it gives us a, a way to kind of send quality product uh, into, with a distributor who focuses on that. Uh, to places that will take care of our beer. And yeah, that's been great. Do you feel that larger distributors won't do the same thing? Well, I think most of it's the mindset. You know, things things change in the industry, notably uh, shelf exposure, you know, with, with shelf life on the, on, on the shelf, warm store versus cold store, changing the mentality from the distributors all the way down to the store owners at liquor stores, uh, showing, you know, that certain beers really shouldn't be warm. And that whole ideology is changing. So I think the bigger distributors, it's it's either they don't want to or they haven't caught on. It's just maybe more of a hassle because they're working on volume. So their their margins are slim. They they want to push product, which makes sense. You know, if you're dealing mostly in the macro beers yeah. with a longer shelf life and you know a constant in and out for you know their their customer basis. So when you take that away, it's just a little bit of a different industry, I think. So as of right now, I. You know, we're, we totally support the smaller distributors that are focusing on craft beer and, you know, craft spirits as well. Yeah. So I think that's where, that's the direction it's going towards. Because they can give individual attention to, to breweries and other suppliers that the big guys uh, don't. Right. So. And actually, the, the distributors that we, we decided to go with um, were a good fit for us. They, they were, you know, two guys who were kind of just starting their business, which was... Um, you know, right where we were in time too. So the, the, we kind of grew together, which was nice. Yeah. Um, and yeah, they've done a great job getting us places that we wouldn't have been able to get to. Cool. So you guys have like a pretty wide variety, ta yeah, variety tap list, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, very tap yeah. list. A lot of different that's options. Fun. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, where does that come about? Like, why not just serve all IPAs, you know? I think most of that comes from, you know, since we do most of our business here in the tap room, you know, 
I think it, it's crazy enough that people are willing to go somewhere that only serves beer, doesn't have any wine, right. no cider, no right. hard liquor. So if you're only going to have beer, you might as well have a variety. Yeah, definitely. And also just as a brewer, it's more fun to experiment with different styles. Yeah. I don't want to just do IPA after IPA. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you gain more knowledge and you build your portfolio, essentially. You know? Yeah, exactly. So, yep. you know, anytime we try a new style of beer, we learn something that we can apply to the beers we're already making. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you guys have a favorite style of beer to brew? Oof. Um, Heavy hitter. I, <laughs> I actually do have most fun with IPAs because okay. it's all about the dry hopping. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that's my job here. Um, there's also what's exciting about the New England IPA is it's you know a very new thing. People are still learning how to make them, how to make them better. Yeah. Uh, there isn't really a strict guideline for them, um, so it's fun to be part of something new and exciting. You guys know this guy. Oh, hello, oh. hello, Andy. Oh, Andy's crashing our party. <laughs> what is going on right now? <laughs> Want to introduce yourself? Uh, I'm Andy Starziak. <laughs> from Castle Island Brewing Company. <laughs> Good to see you, Andy. So, what's your favorite beer to brew? <laughs> Personally, I, I like the traditional... Away. <laughs> <laughs> nah, uh, I, I like the traditional styles. You know, I like a clean mash, you know, a clean, a clean beer where, you know, most of the focus is on the mash, and which would be probably our Patriot, our Pills. It's nice and, and light and the wort tastes delicious, and it's just very few raw ingredients that blend together well, and it's just, it's just you know, a nice canvas. Yeah, very clean, very tasty. You know, there's a lot going on in there, very subtly, but it's, it's a great beer. Thank you. So now you guys are doing food and beer. Was that always the plan? Did that come later on? So, yeah, when, when we first started, we wanted to be a little bit different from other, the other uh, tap rooms that were out there, yeah. and... You know, I had a background in food that came from experience I had back in high school. But yeah. uh, I I wanted to have food as part of the part of the brew uh, part of the tap room. We thought it would be you know great to have you know just some light food. And I I had actually seen it at Foam when I had went up went up there. They had a charcuterie and some other offerings. And I I but I had already knew I wanted to do something like that. So. We at first, when we first started uh, with food, we only had eight linear feet of kitchen. Oh wow! And we we did everything <laughs> out of there. Now now yeah. we have twelve. Okay, cool. But, but <laughs> Added a few extra feet. We put a lot of food. We get a lot of food out of out of that twelve feet of kitchen. So, um, and it's really tasty stuff, and it goes good with beer too. Now, is is just snacks, or are you technically a brewery with a restaurant, or are you a brew house? Brew pub. Brew pub. That's we're, what. That's what. Technically, I mean. we're not a brew pub. Okay. Technically, we are. Okay. We're a brewery with food. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Cool. You know, yeah. government. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. little, little but, things. But uh, once we get the five barrel system, yep, out of the way, that opens up a lot of space for the kitchen. <laughs> yep. Um. So yeah, our chef is very excited about that. He oh, wants I bet. On. <laughs> yeah. Now, do you guys, uh, even speaking with. You know, the kitchen, do you ever envision using, like, let's say, some of the grain um, or other brewery ingredients for the food there? Have you been collaborating that way at all? We've, we've done a few things with our, with our beer, notably. Uh, so we have in-house made beer, uh, beer cheese, and we use our double IPA cool. for it. Uh, so we've done a few specials with, you know, basing what our seasonal beers are at the moment. We say, okay, it's 
it's uh, October. We're doing an Oktoberfest. Um, let's use our, our Marzen for something. So it's kind of, you know, go with the season, mm-hmm. go with mm-hmm. the style of food. And, yeah, so we've definitely been playing around with that. And all of our, like, sausages and um, pastrami and stuff like that is all steamed in beer. Nice. Fun fact. We love that. (laughs) Yeah, right? So how do you decide on new beers to brew? Is it just seasonality? Is it, like, I don't know, vibes you get out in the community? or? Yeah, so so my approach for that is, you know, first of all, you know, identify your core, which takes a while to really understand that. Because typically with with core beers, half of them may start as, as seasonals. For example, our crunch, our peanut butter coffee stout. That started as a winter seasonal. Okay, okay, yeah, it's winter time. People want the big sweet stouts. And then I was like, well, let's just keep cooking it until it drops off. And it didn't drop off and went through the summer with it. So I'm like, okay, welcome to the core club. Cool. People, so you're gonna, people you're gonna, love peanut butter stouts. I don't yeah. get it, but they do. Yeah. <laughs> so it's delicious. It really yeah. is. It's a great beer. So, you know, we, we I decided to, yeah, to make one. And, you know, one of our, I don't want to say tenants, but one of our philosophies is to try not to try to keep things in balance, even styles and trends that are purposely in balance. Do your best to just try to keep it within some form of lines, because, you know, what I usually tell people is when I hear feedback from one of our beers, that's, uh, oh, the first one was great, but I don't think I could have more than one. That's instant criticism for me. I did that negatively. I don't say that to him, but I said, oh, thank you. <laughs> but to me, I think any style you should be able to have more than one of and, and, and actually desire more than one. Right. So, Absolutely. Right. So yeah. we try to play the field of, okay, we want, for example, the crunch. Uh, we want it to be sweet because that's the style. That's what people want. But let's not overdo it. Let's not yeah. go crazy with the peanuts. Try to have it somewhat sessionable. So that's been more or less our philosophy. Yeah. The, so the peanut butter stout, that was actually an attempt at making a beer where – one would be enough. You just have one at the end of the night. Yeah. But the I think the first day we released it, I saw a couple of people drink three of them in a row. Oh, jeez. Yeah, and it's a 7.7% beer. Oh, it's so, fine. Yeah. You know. So <laughs> e- even when we try to make something imbalanced and, you know, like that, people still want to drink a lot of it. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it, it, it was typically, it was, you know, imbalanced from our perspective, but then you realize, you know, there are places that certainly uh, – push that boundary much more than, sure. than uh, we uh, have in the past. So you know, it, might, it might have changed our perspective a little bit, but still trying to keep it within our, with our lines. So. Are there any kind of ways that you w- want to push the boundary more? Like, are there any kind of crazy beers that you want to try? Or? I think we like, to, we like to innovate when it makes sense for us. Okay. So, for example, we, we've, done, we've done some nice uh, beers with, uh, for Kettle Sours. Cool. So we've done, we've, we've played around with that. You know, I'm not a huge fan personally of, you know, adding ingredients if I don't think it's going to have an impact on it and be directly Just related to the beer. Correct. <laughs> Something that, right. I'd like to try adding donuts. <laughs> yeah. So, because to me, you know, every ingredient that goes in, you know, if you don't notice, if it doesn't contribute to the positives of the beer, it can be taken away from the beer without you even knowing it. Yeah. So, you know, I want you ought to be careful about what you put in and, and kind of track what is that doing for it. So, for example, I'm not a huge fan of putting in certain, uh, whether it's grains or other things, to change the color of it without changing the flavor. Of course, there are certain times we would use that. You know, we use certain grain for the, for the crunch to have it be dark without too roasty. So there is, you know, 
some gray area there, but to me, you know, the gradients should all have a place. We're, we're working on developing our own sort of, you know, like the style guidelines for any Shoveltown beer. And, yeah. you know, we're never going to put lactose in an IPA. That's, what? Yeah. <laughs> no way. <laughs> That's something. That's as cool. Fighting words. Yeah. yeah. If, if Will ever insists that we put lactose in an IPA, I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell him, sorry, I can't work here anymore. Um, <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> and, you know, we probably won't add lactose to any sours. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, it belongs in a stout. You know, even then, if you can make a good stout without, without lactose, do that. Um, but, I mean, you see a lot of breweries, they're putting vanilla and lactose into any style of beer yeah. at all. Vanilla, lactose, some cinnamon. Yeah. In anything. And some fruit and yep. some hops. You know. All in one. Just sitting right here, yep. guys. <laughs> 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 what? Andy's taking obsession. <laughs> Shut up, Andy. <laughs> you had your time. <laughs> <laughs> Andy, I've seen you in the wireman overalls. I know, I know where your heart lies. Ooh, it's true. So Those hot all, red overalls. Ow. <laughs> That's it. Awesome. So, like, going along with, like, kind of trends, I guess, what do you think is the next trend to come? Like, I, well, you're doing seltzers now. So, I guess that's kind of the next trend. Yeah, how, let's, how, let's talk let's about talk that. Seltzers. Let's Actually, talk seltzers let's just right now. Let's go straight with that. You're doing seltzers now. <laughs> yeah, well, first of all, we can't call it a beer trend because it's not beer. Yes. It's not beer. Um, According to the TTB, it is beer, but, you know, that's just a legal distinction. Yep. Um, you know, a lot of brewers are, you know, threatened or offended that, you know, uh, <laughs> I see Andy's face right now. Yeah, okay. he's threatened. He hates it. He <laughs> hates him. We'll chat at the end. We, we can do that. Yeah. Um, anyway, so from our perspective... You know, there's nothing upsetting to us about making seltzer because it's not beer, so we can't we don't consider it an affront to beer. It's not this crazy new style that should never be made. It's just you know a different option to provide people um, who come into the tap room and want some variety. And again, that's you know because we do so much business in the tap room. If you have a party of like five people that want to go out and get drinks, four of them love beer, one of them just doesn't like beer at all. You know, that's four beer lovers that don't get to experience our beer because they end up going somewhere else. Right. That's a good point. <laughs> now, now, what is there anything different about the process of uh, making a seltzer? More difficult, easier? Uh, more, like, are you guys using extract, real fruit? Um, so there's, it's very different. There's, mm -hmm. It has very little in common. Um, the brew day is easier because you don't have to mash. You just put sugar and water into the kettle and boil it. Nice. Um, yeah, you make it sound so easy. <laughs> yeah, the, Why is everyone doing happens. this? <laughs> the tough part comes later when the fermentation isn't working because you don't have all the nutrients you need from the malt. Um, ah. So, you know, we had to dial in, you know, which nutrient we're using and how much of it. Um, but then the, the big challenging part is filtration. So, you know, we didn't have a filter before we did seltzer because we don't filter beer. Uh, but we bought a plate and frame filter uh, we're using carbon filter pads to, you know, get aroma out of there and to make it clear. Um, so I've done three, we've done three runs of seltzer filtration so far. Each one has gotten a little bit easier, but cool. <laughs> it's, it's spraying everywhere. It's leaking out of the filter. Yeah. Um, so, which is apparently commonplace for plate filters. You just, yeah. oh yeah, you lose 10%. It's yeah. no big deal. Oh, uh, okay, cool. <laughs> cool. No 
biggie. At least it wasn't ten percent of beer, so I like I can sleep at night knowing we didn't lose, you know, twenty. It's just of seltzer, beer. whatever. <laughs> well, it's really good. It's nice and dry, easy drinking. I mean, I think you hit the mark yeah. on it. We're I, drawing I, it right now. I finished mine. Ryan already so finished it. it. There's, there's a little so more. It was good. Oh, there's more. more. Ryan, you Ooh. can have more. Uh, so for the flavoring, we're, we're currently using clear extracts. Um, I've seen some breweries are using uh, like fruit concentrate. Um, that's something we might experiment with. Uh, what, what we like about the clear extracts is it's easy, you know, just to put a couple ounces in. Um, yep. It stays clear and all that. Um, if you add, you know, real fruit juice, you also, you know, you're adding sugar to it. And you know, from our perspective, if you're calling it a seltzer, it can't have that much sugar in it. Yep. This one has about two grams per 12 ounces. We don't really want to go much higher than that. Do you guys envision using real fruit in the future? Uh, it's a possibility. Um, of course, your filtration will yeah. change ever yeah. so slightly. So for us, like you could always add, you know, have add later at the bar, for example. True. You can yeah, add that's a good fruit idea. into it. Yeah. Really <clears throat> jazz it up for the gram. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that, that's something My, we're going to start doing. We're going to have a just a plain seltzer on tap that you know will mix with juice. Cool. You know, before serving. Yeah. And you know, we'll see how that works out. Yeah. So for right now, our at least my take on, on the flavoring is you know, what is Polar Seltzer using for their flavorings, and why are they using those? Why aren't they using you know fruit juice in it? And it comes down to shelf stability, color. You know, the extracts aren't contributing to the color at that concentration. Uh, so, you know, again, we're following the mark of, you know, where has seltzer, where did seltzer start, you know, as a non-alcoholic beverage, what are the, the, what's the ide ideology behind that? And then kind of continue that as best we can. Cause you know, again, we're not treating it as our beer. So we want to remember that certain habits and certain ideas don't really follow through to the other side. So. Cool. So in general, it's a quick turnover. Would you say it's like a less than a week to get a seltzer out or. Uh, it's taking two weeks right now. Okay. Um, we're working on getting it quicker. Yeah. Um, the our yeast supplier, you know, they says they say it can be you know totally fermented out in a week. Um, it's going a little bit slower for us. Yeah. But well, actually, so the most recent batch took two weeks. The batches before that took three. Okay. So you know we're getting there eventually. Cool. Cool. So kind of continuing on with the whole trend thing. How do you guys feel about Untapped? Do you guys check it all? Do you look at it? Do you rate all of your beers? <laughs> uh, so, you know, Untapped is it's a it's a public platform. So, yeah. with it, with anything public, you're going to have uh, your outliers, whether they're the people that five star everything, people that zero star everything. Uh, so, I'm fine with that. It averages out. I use it as a tool to see trends. So, I like to see, you know, okay, so there this beer, you know, is notably lower than this beer. Why is that? You know, and typically, you know, typically it's something that like, you know, trendier beers are usually rated higher. You know, your pastry stouts are rated a lot higher than your pills. Uh, that's just the a nature of the beast. Unfortunately. So, so I like yeah. to use it, you know, you, you like to keep tabs on, on, you know, the other people in your area. And you like to see, you know, how are your beers trending? Are they trending up? Are they trending down? Are, are, are certain beers, you know, seasonally changing or is it based on... You know, what, what are the factors involved? So I look at it as a tool, and, and I try not to get upset about it. So, cool. yeah. <laughs> I think that's the nicest, try not to get upset the nicest thing we ever heard about yeah, on tap. That's great. Pretty, Good job. Pretty chill. Ooh, you win. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I do my best to 
to look at the, the silver lining for everything. Yeah, I, I think it's been a while since we've actually gotten upset about you know an untapped review. Good. Um, Good. You know, I appreciate when people use words to actually describe the beer <laughs> rather than just give it, if they just give it a number, I, I ignore it completely. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, the scores really are style dependent. So yep. our Czech Pilsner, it's our, it's consistently the number two seller in our tap room. It might be our lowest rated beer on Untapped. Uh, I don't even course. know if it's a three five. Because it, it's just it's not sweet and it doesn't have a ton of you know flavor popping out, so it must not be very good. Now, how else do you guys get your feedback? <laughs> um, I mean, we talk to people in the tap room, mm -hmm. but you know, I, th I think ninety percent of it is just internal. You know, we we taste the beer every day, and you know, we we have an idea of which direction we want to take the beer. I think when we get to the point where we start thinking every beer is perfect, we're going to have to start, you know, getting more f outside feedback because, you know, not everyone's going to think it's perfect. Yeah, in terms of feedback, you know, we, we rely a lot of it on ourselves because, to be fair and to be honest, you know, in the tap room, you know, people are, people who typically are, are in a good mood and they're nice and they want to say nice things about the place. So, we, we, you know, we, we do appreciate everyone's feedback, but we always have to take it with a grain of salt because we have to be at it from the scientific angle, which is, you know, what's influencing their decision or of their, you know, of what they're saying to us, you know, certain people are, are a little apprehensive to, to give negative feedback. So they might say, Oh, this one was great. And then they're not going to go any further. So our, our job is to see what is, what are, what's everyone not talking about? What are, what can we accomplish internally so that, you know, we limit the experience of our customer base to things that they wouldn't like. So cool. you have to be critical. So education-wise, were you all just homebrewers? Did any of you, like, actually get further? Yes. Well, no. <laughs> now there's anything wrong with homebrewing. <laughs> but, you know, like, I just, I'm always curious. Like, did you guys go to, I don't know, whatever, Siebel or anything else? Or So I've done uh, some training since starting. Okay. Uh, I went up to the American Brewer Guild up, to, up in Vermont. Yeah. Uh, I did a lab class there. It was a cool. weekend, which was great. Uh, that, you know, turn, you know, ironically enough, I'm... I now have someone to do all my lab work for me, so <laughs> I won't really need to know it, but it's great to just have a more encompassing knowledge and just for understanding, sure. you know, they did a great job of, you know, understanding lab and, and where on the microscopic level, what impacts your beer, what can you, what changes can you make, what to look out for. So that was great. That was a good experience. Very Had cool. a lot of like-minded people there who were starting breweries or had just started and just wanted more information. Uh, beyond that, I, I, I do rely a lot on you know everyone else, the community in general, calling up calling up Andy when there's a problem, uh, <laughs> asking him how to fix it, yep, and yep. going from there. Um, so, how is the community in this area? I mean, it, it seems that you all know each other um, and would help each other out, and you don't get to see that in a lot of other industries. Like, if I had a bar and I ran out of Bud Light, I can't call the other restaurant and be like, "Hey, can I get a keg of Bud Light?" not going to happen but what about over here in the in this community here when it comes to beer everyone's cooperative everybody helps each other um i think that's actually a funny thing about seltzer is you'll see breweries will they'll tell you anything you want to know about how to make your beer better um they're a lot more secretive when it comes to seltzer um there's okay. you know i've done a lot of research online and you know you know, like on the brewers forums, you'll see. Oh, it's just you from. It's just yeast and sugar and water. That's all you need to know. That'll make seltzer. Um, it's definitely oversimplified. Yeah. So yeah, every, everyone's trials are. Everyone's gonna have their own trials for for yeah. certain stuff because you know. I think I would say 
general information, cautionary tales, general knowledge, that's all fairly open. But when it comes down to process, process is kind of the, the, uh, not secret, but that's the secret intellectual sauce, property, right? Yeah, that's, that's what that's the stuff that people are protecting. Yeah, so there was this thing. It was in the news. I don't remember the brewery uh, where someone's recipes had gotten out, or the head brewer left, or something happened. Yeah, and everyone was freaking out, and it's like you know, recipes aren't. That's not. That's not the stuff. That's not what's going to happen. You know, you can take that recipe. I mean, you can look online. There's clones of everything. Absolutely, it's, 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 yeah. pro- it's process. You know, yeah. yeah, brewing practice, the process. You know how you do X, Y, and Z. It really means a lot. Yep. Yeah, especially when if it's a classic style. You know, you use this hop, you use that malt. This Water is the gravity profile, you're looking for. You know, yeah, et cetera. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of all that, do you guys have a specific ingredient you think is the most important part of brewing? Water. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's got to be water. Water is the water is the correct answer. Um, <laughs> that is the correct answer. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's not. <laughs> okay. right, let me refer. That's the, that's the answer that people, yeah. that, you know, conclude when, yeah, they look, when they look at you know the ingredients and in books and all that. They mm-hmm. always start with water. Uh, but I think all the right. most important ingredient is the people. Aww. I would have to say that's cute. That's good. Only like that. because no, that's a great answer. Only because you know I'll say it before, but <laughs> you know when I you know people turn into process and that that's a clear line so yeah you know if you take uh to good people with good process you can use mediocre ingredients and create a great beer uh, i 100% agree with you with that yeah. yeah and you know unfortunately not unfortunately actually this is very fortunate but it, uh ingredients are very streamlined now you know we have central areas where you can pick up a wide variety of grain and barley and and hops so more you know within a margin of error we're all using very similar base ingredients so it's really it's process at that point speaking of ingredients uh like where do you guys usually gravitate to get yours any particular place um typically our so we for our malt and and a few other ingredients we're using a bsg which is you know right out of rhode island Mm -hmm. so they they hand you know not handpick but they have a collection of of a lot of ingredients that we're able to source directly so that kind of creates takes out you know a good amount of the, the raw materials now, we're approaching um, National Women's Day, and we're talking to Wyatt about uh, you guys doing a Pink Boots beer. So when is that happening, and what are you thinking to do with that? So we are brewing the beer on International Women's Day. Sweet. As is tradition. Uh, so this year, uh, we're actually going to do a, a different, you know, last year we, we used the Pink Boots Hop Blend, mm-hmm. um, and that was great. And um, so this year, we're doing something a little differently uh, because I missed the deadline on um, they sold out of hops way, tisk, tisk, like, tisk. way earlier this year, and I just <laughs> my, my mind was somewhere else. You know, two months ago. It's because we were advertising it. That's that's why. Sorry. Yeah, no, we, it's, we all, yeah. it's all good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so so we found we found a bag of some very awesome hops that you can't find right now. So what are you using? Uh, so it's gonna be it's gonna be. Um, why remind me what it is? So we found an old we found an unopened bag of Nelson Savon, which I had no idea we had. Um, oh. I was upset with Will for keeping that from me. This that was time. that was from the way back days. Yeah, um, I mean we're gonna have to open it up, make sure it still smells good. But um, if it doesn't yeah. smell good, then we'll just have to. It, yeah, put it in it's the, a sealed in the bag. Um, just boil it's it. It's a out, great right? hop. <laughs> yeah, it, it's all gonna go in the boil for sure. <laughs> but uh, we're gonna make a New England IPA with that, and I forget what other hop we were gonna use. 
I don't think we decided that. That's yeah. going to be the main hop. We'll figure out what yeah. we want to complement it with in the in the whirlpool. But, but yeah, no, I I look forward. It's like one of my favorite times of year, um, honestly, to try all the Pink Boots beer. It's it's always a great experience, um, even if it's an IPA. Like they're always great. They're always great beers. So agreed. Yeah, I got to say the Hopland last year was fantastic. Mm-hmm. The um, uh, we did a New England IPA with that. It had some nice like coconut notes from the uh, Sabro, I think. And that was fantastic. Yeah, for sure. So we're obviously still sitting in your amazing new brew house. Um, what else is new for you guys other than this expansion here? Frank, you want to take what yeah, else? Sure. Um, so th- we've got to digest this expansion. For sure. It's a lot to digest. <laughs> yeah, get it up and running. We're, we're so yeah. close now. You know, we could we could taste it. But um, the... Um, the la- the guy who owns this building has been really a good friend of ours, and he's pursuing a- another property in um, Foxborough, which is an old firehouse, and then another building too. But um, part of what the town wanted in Foxborough was a brewery there, so we teamed up with okay. him, and we're going to open our second location in Foxborough, where we will brew there. Um, not. Most of the production will come from here, but yeah. we'll have a, a one-barrel system there, which will brew unique beers just for that site. Very cool. And that'll be, the yeah, primarily um, we will feature, because we'll have a, a liquor license, we'll probably, we've been talking about this, uh, also serve liquor, you know, um, drinks. We've been talking about potentially distilling there also, and um, probably offering other uh, breweries beers too just craft beer though it wouldn't okay. be any no macros yeah. or any of the other stuff and it'd be just a small guys who you know we know and and play with i suggest a brewery called castle island which is just next to foxborough <coughs> yes I, I don't know if you've heard of it yes i've heard of it is it and just next to foxborough just next <laughs> I, okay. I think we, we're very we, we we know the guys from castle island pretty well they uh, they, they, they work well, well with us i hear the lead brewer is pretty hot <laughs> he's so got his own cattle his own calendar <laughs> the, the red overalls seal the deal <laughs> this is insane stop <laughs> well that's really exciting that's awesome um when do you think that will come to fruition? Don't ask us that. Yeah. <laughs> good, good enough. So, uh, <laughs> well, I look forward actually, to Actually, we're, we're, we're pretty relieved that it's not imminent. Yes, right? <laughs> you have time to think about it. Right. right? Uh, no, but um, it will happen. It's just a matter of time, and, and uh, the timing will be probably, you know, we're talking anywhere from 9 to 12 months from now. Awesome. So. Yeah. We'll hear more from you next yeah. year. Add a year yeah. to that, yeah. probably. Yeah, yeah. of course. Yeah. <laughs> two, maybe two. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> this, we can now say this decade, though. Oh, yeah. You yeah, can say this decade. This yep. decade. Yep, for sure. Very right. cool. Very cool. Um, I guess a question that I would like to ask is what kind of beer or part of the business would you want to learn more about if you had the opportunity? For me, I think the big thing is hops. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of breweries in the area are doing a whole ton of IPAs with a bunch of different hops. Um, we really don't use a wide variety of hops. You know, we only have two IPAs on tap um, with three hops between them. So Flyaway, our flagship, only uses Citra. Um, but, you know, I'd, I'd like to start experimenting um, 
maybe start doing another IPA and, you know, just use hops I've never used before. Um, just to get more of a feel of what varieties are out there and what uh, what they have to offer. Frank, what what do you want to learn more about in the brewing field? I don't know. My my brain is about to explode with everything that I've I'm, learned over the I'm over a, years. Yeah, I'm but, about there too. Um, but you know, um, I mean, there seems to be no end to marketing and um, being able to um, understand you know the marketplace and where it's going and. So that's that's one of the things that I I always kind of keeps me up at night, you know, making sure that we're out there, we're making our our presence known. And I've seen, I'll tell you, I I I feel like there's a there's some breweries that do it better than us, and I'd like to do it. I'd like to improve in that area. What does Andy think? I will stand by the opinion that Flyaway is in fact the best New England IPA available, and the market readily in the area thank you thank you Andy. hands thank down. you thank you fighting words Whoa. i believe him i mean he I, makes I, as I, much I, of it as we i have do. never <laughs> doubted andy <laughs> we so. we brought it to we brought it to the cbc though and we didn't get a we didn't or uh, the great american beer fest and yeah didn't make it no well place. i think that's one of those things where <laughs> you know i i think it's not the most representative of the style saturated um, yeah, exactly. So, you know, a lot of them are too sweet. They don't have enough bitterness to balance it. Um, they're very, very, um, you know, like, like a lot of like tropical flavors that just sort of, you know, hit you over the head with it. Yeah. Flyaway, we try to make it a more, a more drinkable version of that style of beer, and I think we succeeded at that. Well, I can't very wait cool. to try it. Yeah, so, that's yeah, definitely what we're having yeah. next. So, very, yeah, cool. very good. What about you, sir? What do you want to learn more about? Oh, that's a good question. I usually don't have to want to learn because I need to learn mm. things before I need to want to learn them. Is that a non-answer? <laughs> that, that, no, that's, that, a, that's, that's a great that, answer. I need to, yeah, I need to learn them before I need to want to learn them. Yeah. Cool. So I'm just constantly, from, from every field, yeah. you know, brewing practices, quality practices, business practices, mm -hmm. you know, being the contact between us and the distributor, being a lot of logistics is just, you know, you're learning as you go. And are you just distributed in Massachusetts, just like uh, yep. your flagship beer? Yeah, uh, primarily primarily our flagship beer, okay. also primarily in the South Shore region. Yep. In the summertime, we do go out down Cape. Uh, you can get Flyway on draft on Martha's Vineyard, which Ooh. is awesome, and cool. all the way down there. Nantucket, Nantucket Martha's too, Vineyard. Yeah. All the way down there. Yeah. Nice. But we're north, so... We are yeah. inching <laughs> our, we're inching our way up. <laughs> we're we're in uh, Andover now. Ooh. Okay, I think Tewksbury too. Oh, all right. What? I will yeah. find you guys. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, good. where did I see it? Rockport, um, somewhere at Newburyport. Newburyport. Cool. That's yeah. close to you. Oh, I can throw a rock there. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah. So we're working our way around. You know, awesome. That's awesome. awesome. You know, calculated and small yeah. and yeah, but for we're sure get, we're getting there. Sweet. So um, to dig a bit deeper, what is in your fridge at home? Castle Island. <laughs> <laughs> Shelton Brewery, though, that's, that's a given. Yeah. Uh, we yep. you know, always have some beers at the house to try. And also, you know, QC. I like to have it at the house because cool. you can try it at different times and not have to be working. <laughs> so um, uh, <clears throat> I'm, uh, we distribute to our, um, in the local area to our um, – 
ourselves. We self-distribute to the customers around here. And there's a great um, liquor store that I use. It's Pops, which is right over here in Easton. And um, I constantly buy um, whatever they have, you know, whatever they're recommending. is. And the, the guys know me, of course, and they um, recommend some stuff. So I, I'm always bringing that home. I have Burlington beer, Finback. Um, recently, I went to Trillium and I, I, Four Point for me was was really the initial beer that did it. And I love the original Four Point. It's it's morphed since then, but I I still have a soft spot for Four Point. Now, speaking nice. of Burlington, they're doing a lot of stuff environmentally conscious. Um, are, what are you guys trying to do um, in terms of being environmental friendly, like Pactex, etc.? Um, well, actually, we're we're evaluating. We're currently evaluating the um, eco rings. And, Great. Yeah. Uh, um, cool. We should get those in pretty soon. In fact, uh, are you going to package by yourself, or are you going to hire like we, State sixty four? We package. You package yourself. Yeah. Cool. Yep. And uh, all our spent grain goes to a farm for. Um, actually, the cows eat it. And um, our hop waste goes to another farm for mm -hmm. compost. So all of those things that we do, um, we we um, trap all of our wastewater, and that gets recycled. That's cool. awesome. Yep. A lot of it also just comes down to using your raw ingredients as efficiently as you can. You know, for getting sure. your brew house efficiency up there, um, and hop efficiency is a big part of that too. Um, so you know, a lot of breweries are bragging about using like five or six pounds per barrel in the dry hop, maybe even up to 10. Yeah. We, you know, Flyaway only gets two pounds per barrel uh, in Bless the dry hop. Bless me. Plus some of the <laughs> And, you know, we find that's enough. A big, that's great. A big thing is dry hopping under pressure. It, you know, keeps a lot of the aroma in there, keeps it from escaping. Yeah. And, you know, also I just think it, beers that use, you know, six plus pounds of hops tend to be kind of gross and just oily Overdone. and resiny. Yeah. Yeah. So on top of that, what I want to talk about, um, Wyatt, you showed us, you know, your your brew house over there, and you have this reusable barrel thing, like like the, the squirrel. squirrel. <laughs> yeah, um, it's awesome. And uh, please explain a little bit more about what that's about. So the squirrel is a square barrel. Basically, it's a it's basically a stainless steel keg, but it has um, it has these oak staves that you screw in there um, and they they have a huge selection of different staves you can specify we want this sort of toast in there um, American oak French oak all that um, so it's basically you build your own barrel um, and you put beer in it you let it you know pick up flavor from the oak what we're using it for right now is basically we're using it as a fooder so we're not just aging beer but fermenting beer in there we have a uh, lambic style, we can't call it a lambic, but it's a lambic style ale in there right now. And, you know, we put that in a couple of weeks ago. It's coming along nicely so far. And That's awesome. Yeah, we'll let it age in there a few months and then see how it goes. Can't wait. I wish it was ready now. I know. Yeah, we came in the wrong time. <laughs> You'll have to come back. Yeah, no, for sure. No, that's, we actually, we, that's we, awesome. We came at the right time because they just put the, red, uh, the Irish red on tap. So there you, there you go. go. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Where are we? How about social media and uh, physical location? Where can we find you guys? Yeah, so we're we're you know have a strong presence on social media, um, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. 
Um, you can find us there, shoveltownbrewery.com, Shoveltown Beer. And then also um, we have our website, shoveltownbrewery.com. And um, I don't know, that's pretty much where we are. That's the only platforms I'm aware of, but yeah. I'm not savvy to social media. So. No TikTok? <laughs> I don't We're not on TikTok yet. No. no. Oh, yes. All right. yes. Well, we we don't, we'll I don't think we have a Shovel Town Brewery Snapchat, but I could be wrong. Oh. Sad. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's as far as I know. And um, how about a Guilty Pleasure beer? Oh, yeah. One of ours or uh, anyone? Just in general. Do you guys no. have a Guilty Pleasure beer? I like Coors Light. I don't feel any guilt for that whatsoever. <laughs> but, yeah. And what about you guys? I, I love Pilsner Urquell. I think it's a great beer. It's, uh, There's I nothing to feel guilty no, about that. You should feel proud all the time. I really like it in the can. It, you know, I don't. I, I don't like it in the bottle. But if you can find it in the 16 ounce can or 16.9 ounce can, in a lunchbox. Yes, that's great. Uh, mine would be Corona and lime with a little salt. Right. Oh, I can't nice. go wrong with that in the I like, summer. I like lime in mm-hmm. in light beers. It just tastes good. You're not wrong. Yeah. Yep. You said guilty pleasure. There you go. Yep. That, that, that's, that's a it. good one. That's, that's that's what it is right there. Oh, and also Lindemans. So Lindemans does a a strawberry version of their super super sweet sours, and that is the first time that you know they were able to encapsulate like a strawberry. Strawberry doesn't do well in beers, so. Mm-hmm. They have so much sugar in there that it works. Yeah. Their pumpkin lambic is actually really good. I've never, didn't know that existed. So good. The funny thing about Lindemann's is, in a way, it's everything we hate about beer, which is just being loaded with sugar, but the way they do it, it works. Yeah. Yeah. And they've been doing it for a while, so I give them them credits on that one. I'll have to admit, I like pumpkin beers. (laughs) (laughs) I like them, too. Uh, When they're done right, I... I don't yeah. mind a pumpkin beer as long as it's not like fake pumpkin pumped with sugar and nutmeg, tons of nut, cinnamon. Nutmeg seltzer. Nutmeg. Yeah, exactly. Like, just keep it clean and yeah. just. Not, I mean, yeah. So it sounds like you need to go to Pumpkin Fest at CBC. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> just plug in that right there. Yeah, I'm. I'm, cool. I'm gonna plug that yeah. in there. No, it's good, Ryan. Yeah, it's good a job. fun time. I don't like pumpkin <laughs> beers. I had fun. Cool. Your last question. So, your favorite on. question. We'll end with our favorite question. Uh, what are you guys most proud of? I'm most proud of my big brother and Aww. the fantastic work he's done here. Guys. That's all I got. Oh, that touched me. <laughs> Will, Will's um, got uh, up blushing now. So, But uh, I think, you know, we all know that the flyaway is, is something that is really special. It's a great beer. Yeah. Um, and every time I have one, I, when I go to a restaurant and I get it and I taste it, and I go, that beer is just fantastic. And that's... Really that's a good feeling. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, that's and somebody cool. else's bar to drink a flyaway and have it taste that great. Yeah, it really is brings a tear to my eye. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I want to come back so to that, but I want Will. I, I want Will to answer this this question before I get back there. So I just want to clarify: this is what we're most proud of at our brewery in general. In general, it doesn't even matter. <sighs> it's his dog. You're like that one time I won goldfish. I mean. Oh, okay. If it's anything non-related, I'm definitely most proud of my fiance. She nice. she works like 100 hours oh. a week, and she's awesome. Love it. But yes, we can go back to beer now if we want to. <laughs> we were talking about well, beer. I did well. That's well, I wanted to clarify. One last question uh, that we didn't really touch on was: What was it like to see your brand, either it be like swag or beer, first time in the wild? I have a good story for this. It's not my first one, but I think it's 
better. It's a better story. Okay. So okay. We like stories. Every once in a while, we do a triple dry hop version of Flyaway. So we call it TDH Flyaway. Yeah. So that's our ode to the people that want, you know, hops and beyond. So we decided, well, why not just take our one that everyone likes and let's go up, take it up a notch. So every once in a while, we do a little five-barrel batch of it, you know, maybe once a quarter. And we partner up with the first uh, liquor store that took us in as an account. Uh, it's Craft Beer Cellar in Norfolk. And they, Andy, who's uh, the owner there, has done a great job taking care of our beers. And he does a really good job, you know, marketing it. And he's just, he's very, very good with beer. He understands it. He understands the the craft beer industry. So we partnered up with him. So our first two times that we released the beer, uh, we canned some, had some in draft. So we released it for a weekend. We had draft here. We sold cans here. And we also sold cans there. And the first time we did it, I actually did the tasting. So, you know, you do tastings at liquor stores, you know, have little little plastic cups and sample the beers, and then people can buy the four packs. So this was my first tasting I had ever done, because usually we have other people who can, who can do it, usually. Uh, so this was my first one, and I got to see firsthand people coming in grabbing four packs of our beer, running out. We had to refilm about three times that weekend. That's and it, so e- cool. Each time <laughs> he's like, okay, this will be enough for the weekend. This will be enough for the weekend. So just seeing all these people come in for that I've never met, that I never would have met, just shoveling in our beer was cool. That was good. Shoveling. I was about to say, yeah. that's yeah. good shovel shovel. right there. <laughs> <laughs> that was unintentional, but, but, it, but it was good. Mic drop. He's done. Yeah, he's please, done now. please don't drop the mic. Thanks. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm the same way. Like, uh, I go into, uh, like, sometimes I'll go into a bar and be, like, incognito. And uh, and then <laughs> if the guy next to me buys a Shovel Town beer, you know, then I'm like, oh, how is that beer, by the way? Oh, yeah, I love Shovel Town. And then I'll usually buy it for him. Oh, <laughs> that's, that's cool. Awesome. That's cool. Um, for me, my experience seeing our beer in the wild, um, like at a bar, for example, for a while, my... First thought would just be our tap handles don't look very good against all the. Uh, <laughs> they, they look great. Wow. In our tap room. Well, so we have new ones now that I'm proud good. of. Okay, good, good, um, good. <laughs> you know, our old tap handles, they were just these little trowels that we bought at Home Depot for like a dollar or two and then, you know, screw a little thing on. Yep, yep. And it looked great in the tap room. It worked with the whole vibe we had. But, uh, you know, when I saw it against like professionally uh, wild, made tap so handles out in the wild, yep. um, you know, I didn't like it. <laughs> but I'm, I'm, I'm glad we've got new ones now. That w- these were good stories. Thank you. The best ones, the actually. The best stories, I, I think, really so far, for sure. Better than you, Andy's. Oh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know if we asked you this question. <laughs> well, great. I mean, I, that, that is a great interview. Yeah, we um, look forward to your you know new production space being up and running. That's going to be awesome. And yeah. And so yeah. Until, until next time. time. Cheers. 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 Thank, Thank you, you for having us. Appreciate it. And thanks for stopping by, Andy. Yeah. <laughs> You're welcome. Derail. Drop the mic then. <laughs> yeah. All right. Sound guy Ryan's pointing at me, telling me it's outro time. I was just so into that interview that I forgot that it was the outro time. And he keeps on dancing. It's really cool. He's just really excited for the outro. If we were only a best outro. If we were only a video podcast, you would just watch Ryan and not us. But fortunately for you, or maybe unfortunately for you, (laughs) we are not. We're not. But next week we have an awesome episode with you with Shane from Modern Draft. 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 Woohoo! We're excited. Yeah, it's a content episode and we're talking about the um, 
often not talked about subject of cleaning the lines of the draft lines. Mundane, but very necessary. Yeah. And incredibly yes. important. We, um, yeah. self-admittedly, I was like, maybe this won't be such an exciting episode. And I was kind of nervous before we recorded it. And I learned a ton. Um, it was interesting. Like, there's a lot of uh, sure. science that goes into it. Physics. Uh, we don't get into, like, the nitty-gritty of physics, but we talk about why um, many of the places that you enjoy, their beer tastes so good. Yeah, um, it's a good a intro to like the subject. You know, if yeah. you want to learn more, reach out. That's right. Um, so until next week, uh, thanks for listening and stay safe out there. Wash yeah. your hands, protect your face. Yeah. Continue and to support local breweries. Exactly. And uh, other than that, Ryan, I can't wait to see you. <gasps> oh my god, <laughs> we're not gonna see each other. <laughs> Never. Time again. <laughs> uh, but. Uh, Enjoy your week, guys. You you as well. Cheers. 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 Cheers.